Thank you for tuning in to Uncommon Women, a podcast that provides a platform for women of all walks of life to share their upbringings, life lessons learned, experiences, and journeys to come. Uncommon Women speaks on topics that can relate to all women. We share, we listen, we laugh, we cry, and we empower each other to be the best uncommon woman that they can be. Ultimately, we are cultivating a global movement of women supporting women. Women supporting entrepreneurship, relationships, self-love, and so much more. We inspire each other to make an impact on this world for the better. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Uncommon Women. Now, finally, grab a seat, get comfortable, and hear from your wonderful host, Shanira and Jenny Lee. Good evening, kings and queens. Thank you so much for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shanira. And I'm Jenny Lee. And today we have a powerful guest speaker that's going to come with us in just a moment to share her amazing testimony uh, by the name of Tamika Harris. Uh, she's a mother of five recording artist with a group called Outreach 24-7. She also wrote and recorded her own song called Forgiven. And today she's gonna share her testimony in regards to deception while being married. So thank you Tamika for coming on today. It's such an honor to have you on our platform. It is indeed my pleasure, thank you. So before we get into your your testimony. Can you tell us a fun fact about yourself that we do not know about you? Yes, I am a pastry chef by trade. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is your favorite pastry to make? Do I have a have cake a called a Hallelujah Cake. Hallelujah yeah. Cake. I like that. Yeah, it's so good. When you eat it, the first thing you want to say is Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. And is it is it vanilla or chocolate cake, or is it mixed with different varieties of Hallelujah? It's got all the Hallelujah in it. It needs, <laughs> but it's also got a little island spice to it. So it's it's okay. really delicious. Mm. Mm, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to connect with you so I can get some of that. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm gonna have to yeah. Down. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a fan favorite. Trust me. Oh, okay, okay. So she's a patient chef. I love it. I love it. So before we get into your story, can you tell us a little bit about your life and how was everything growing up? Okay. Well, growing up wasn't so cool. Um, I didn't start off with like. Uh, you know, people generally have good families. You know, I had a good family, but it, it was, there was a lot of passing around. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't have a stable home until uh, I turned like 10 when my family all came together. We were scattered a lot. We lived with mm -hmm. our great grandmother and, and our aunts and my grandmother. And, you know, we, we had love, but we were just passed around a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And um, how was your relationship with your parents? Was it was it good during the journey of being a young, or did you was you raised by your grandparents? I was raised by my grandparents and my grandmother. Um, my mom had her own issues. She did the best that she could. You know, she was a teenage mom, mm -hmm. so she she as an as a teenager, she didn't really have the skill set to raise children. And then she had her own issues you know, instead of her own issues. So it was hard for her, you know, and she was doing her, 
but she she loved us enough to put us into the hands of people who would take care of us. It's just that there were a lot of hands. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of people um, with their hands on us, you know. So it was we survived it. You know, I say we because I have other brothers and sisters. Okay. Even though we were separated, like um, they were good kids. I was I was the one that had issues <laughs> growing oh, up. Oh, you were the disciplinarian. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. I was the one who needed like that extra love. Extra. <laughs> yeah, the extra love because um, I took things to heart and and I really missed my parents, especially mm-hmm. my mom. And so I would everybody would know it. You know, I would have tantrums mm-hmm. and and do stuff for attention. So I was mm-hmm. that one. Okay. 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 And how is your relationship now um, with the support team that you had, you know, as you got older or even, you know, your mom? Everything is well, like you love people for who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandmother, yeah. my great grandma did, did everything that she could. She was an older woman. Um, we loved her to life. She just did the best that she could. She had already raised all of her kids and somebody else's kids too. And then here we come, and she did her best with us. So we, I was grateful for that. Um, my grandmother is is one of the loves of my life. Um, I don't think she'll ever know how much I Aww. love her. And I have an Aww. uncle who is God's gift to me. You know, everybody should have an uncle like It's my Uncle Rudy. And okay. Everybody should Aww. have an uncle like Uncle Rudy. <laughs> I think he's the neighborhood mayor because everybody knows him, and that's just the way he is. That, and that's Aww. how he's treated us with, with so Aww. much love. And, and even like my mom, I love her just just how she is. You know, I I have discovered uh, you can't change somebody. Right. You know, this no. is who she is, and either you're gonna love her um, as she comes, or you're gonna try to change her and be frustrated. So I love her like she yeah. is. You know, everybody's still growing and changing. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. So did you get your cooking skills from grandma or? Uh-huh. Or really? yeah. <laughs> it actually runs in my family. I have um, on my on my mother's side. You awesome. have all kind of, huh? I said that's awesome. I can imagine how Thanksgiving is. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> my grandmother. I watched her make a sweet potato pie, and she put in this secret ingredient. I ain't gonna tell you what the ingredient. <laughs> but when I tasted that pie, oh my gosh! I just went. Well, that was my recipe from then on. And I mm. said, Well, how did you know? Yeah, I was like, how did you know to do this? She said, I was just trying something. I didn't know that, you know, this wasn't my real recipe. I was just trying something new. And it worked. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. I, want some of it. <laughs> I said, I want some. <laughs> I have to make it. Well, I gotta be in the kitchen when she when she's making that sweet potato pie. So I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what that means. <laughs> if I tell you my <laughs> secret, <laughs> we're gonna be over her shoulder, like. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful recipe, but all of her cooking is like that. It's something about it. Um, when you taste it, it's distinctly hers. Matter of fact, she has people that brings plates to her house, just drop them off and come back with the plate. That's how good she cooks. Wow, yeah, so good. So let's get into um, your testimony and, you know, being married and things like that. Can you speak on how you and your husband actually met? Sure. And how you transitioned into being married? Sure. Um, I was a runaway. And that's how I met mm. my husband, my ex-husband. We're no longer married. But um, I met him. I was 15. Uh, and I was living with my cousin as a runaway. And my cousin introduced me to him. 
he actually uh, was a tutor for math and I had flunked math three years in a row. I couldn't get it. And I was in danger of uh, not graduating from high school. And when I found out he was a math, te- a math um, tutor, I asked him if he would help me and he did. And he liked me, but he wasn't my type, but he kept being nice to me. And, you know, that just turned the page for me. So mm-hmm. that's how I met him. And I got married when I was 17. I was wow. still a teenager, wow. still rebelling because God had told me to go home. Remember, I'm a runaway. Mm-hmm. And God had told yeah. me to go home. But I was like, God, if I marry this man, it won't be fornication. It'll be, you know, I'll be good with you and, and I'll be able to serve you. But God was still like, go home because he knew what was down the road. I didn't. And all I knew is my heart wanted that one. I wanted that one, mm. you know, because he was so nice to me. It didn't have anything to do with his looks. It didn't have anything to do with anything else. It's just that he was kind to me. And kindness means a lot. Kindness is very big in my book. So mm-hmm. that's why my heart fell for him. So finally, the Lord just gave in to my will because I didn't submit my will to his. I wanted what I wanted. Oh. And so God finally mm-hmm. said, go ahead. After all the times that he said, go home. Finally, he said, go ahead. So I had been asking my mom to sign the papers because I was 17. I couldn't just get married. You had, And where I lived, you had to have your parents' permission if you were under 18. And after God gave me a dream and said, go ahead, it's like within that week, my mom said, okay, I'll sign the papers. And she signed the papers first to get married, and we did. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Wow, at 17. So 17. So your life changed drastically, you know, still being a teenager. Um, was he around the same age as you or was he a little bit older or? He was eight years older than me. He was already oh. through college and in grad school. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. with you being married at 17, was there expectations that he expected from you as a wife, you know, especially being older that you had to grow into or was it something that you wanted to do because you were a wife? I think it was the wanting to do because I was a wife part. You know, he really didn't set any expectations for me. Um, I really didn't know what to expect from a marriage because I had never seen a good one. So I didn't have anything to, you know, you have TV marriages. Right. Yeah. A lot of my family is divorced and they were single parents. So I didn't know what a husband and wife were supposed to look like outside of seeing like the Cosbys or seeing other families have um, husbands and wives, you know, as an example. But you only get you have a limited version of what they are because you're only at yeah. the house for a few minutes, you know? So I had to kind of like wing it. I think this is what's supposed to happen. So this is what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even with cooking. Like I hadn't, I went to yeah. cooking school after a while. Okay. When I first, yeah. When I first started out, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I really didn't know. I had this one dish that I would make all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that was nice of him. Oh, well, because that's how he <laughs> so yeah. being me being that you just got married and being a wife and trying to figure out trying to be a wife, how was your first couple of years? How was it smooth sailing? You know, did you, uh, did you guys talk about having children in the marriage or how did it go? Um, first couple of years, uh, they were okay. We definitely wanted children. We didn't have children until the next year. Um, contrary to popular belief, I was not pregnant when I married him. I was just in love and I wanted to please God. This was Mm. my way of trying to please God because like I said, it wouldn't be fornication, but it wasn't God's will. It was my will. 
So the first couple of years, they were okay. You know, I had people trying to tell me um, things about him, but I wouldn't listen because, you know, this is my husband, you know, and I was in love with him. Excuse me. So I didn't listen to them. But, you know, later on, I, I found out that what they were telling me was absolutely true, but didn't want to hear it at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you get into the confirmation of what people were telling you or, you know, believing everything that was going on in your your marriage wasn't what it really was? Well, there are a number of ways. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some things you find out on your own, you know, um, some things God would show me. I would have a dream about it and then I would come to find out that it was true. Some things you walk up on, you know, when he wasn't looking and or didn't know that I was looking and I would catch him doing some things, you know, and I've done that. Um, you can't talk your way out of that. You know, um, I have a, <clears throat> I have an instance where um, he, he ended up marrying my uh, old best friend. And my old best friend was my daughter's godmother. She was, we were, we were best friends for a little while. And so she knew my secrets and, and I was naked in front of her with my information because she, you know, we were like two of the same people. So there wasn't anything that I didn't share with her outside of my bedroom. Everything else, you know, was, was fair game because we were, we were friends. And so I thought, you know, but she had her eyes on them the whole time and they were cheating. You know, and God gave me a dream about it, but I refused to believe it. You know, I was like, no, I just, I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this can't, that can't be what's going on. Right. But it was. And I, if I would have paid attention and asked him to even reveal more to me, he would have, but I didn't want to hear it because I didn't right. want this to be happening. So, mm-hmm. and the way I found out was because, well, I went, when we were in the process of getting ready to be divorced, I went to his house. He was sick. Um, and she was there, you know, that wasn't unusual for her to come to the house when we were together because my daughter is her goddaughter. Right. So it wasn't unusual yeah. for her to come to our house. That was no big deal. This is family. You know, mm-hmm. you don't, there's no questions asked. This is family. But when I'm not there and I come to the house and you are there, this problem. Right. Because you know, we weren't yeah. divorced yet. We were just separated, you know. So it was like, well, what are you doing here? You know, and she doesn't say anything and he's sick, so he can't say anything, you know. So it's like, mm, okay. So I just handled my business and left. And what I really found out was when I came to a birthday party for my daughter um, and I pulls, I pull up to the restaurant and she's standing outside of the car. She knew I was coming. She's got her arms crossed and she's looking perturbed. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm all excited because I love her. Mm-hmm. And she's like standing there like this. I'm like, wow, I wonder what's wrong with her. So I go to her, I was like, hey, how you doing? And she's like, I'm fine. I'm like, mm, something's wrong. So I was like, okay, well, let's go on inside. So we go inside the restaurant and I sit down on one side of my ex-husband and she sits down on the other side. I'm like, mm. okay. So um, we're, we're starting, we, we've all ordered and they start bantering back and forth, talking, you know, small chit chat and, 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 you know, just not lovey-dovey talk, but playing with each other. I'm like, hold up. Y'all and I, what is this? Are you two with each other? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? And I wanted to blow up in the restaurant. I wanted to blow up when I couldn't because my child was there. 
So the Holy Ghost gave me grace and he kept me from losing my mind and losing my temper. But it didn't stop me. He didn't stop me from saying what I needed to say within his ramifications. So I didn't, I didn't blow my, I didn't put my religion on the shelf because I don't deal with religion. I deal with a relationship. I have a real relationship with God. I love him with all of my heart and I don't want to do anything to hurt him. Does that mean I'm perfect? No. But that does mean I try to do my best and I got the Holy Ghost and he helps me. So this particular day he helped me to not blast this man like, you know, he really kind of, yeah, that exactly. So <laughs> he helped me that day. I said what I had to say to him. I said what I had to say to her without ruining my daughter or, or branding my daughter with this image of her birthday party. So, and then I just left because that was just a bit too much for me. And so, I, you know, they ended up getting married. They got married mm -hmm. and then they ended up getting divorced. So it was like, what did you not learn from my marriage that I told you about? And you ran away with and married him anyway. So, yeah. That so, yeah. So even this, even despite you said what you needed to say, and even though God gave you the courage not to blow up or, you know, or act out in any way. And I know that behind closed doors, it, it had to hurt right when you left from there. You know, how did it, that it make was you feel? Left. Mm. It, I had this much pain, meaning I was choking as I was getting up from the table because I didn't want them to see me cry. Yeah. So the, the, mm. the pain of, and it wasn't just the pain from that moment. It was all of the pain that I had choked down throughout time dealing with this man that finally came to a head and it all stopped right here. So mm. much so that you really, you literally want to throw up because you got so much pain and anguish. It was anguish. It wasn't just, oh, I'm hurt. This was anguish. This was my best friend. This was my ex-husband. Yeah. Right. I was in love with him. Right. I wanted him to get right with God. I wanted him to live holy. I wanted him to get saved. And that's why I stayed so long because I was praying. I was fasting and praying. God saved this man. You know, he said right. he was saved, but I knew what we was doing before we got together. We was fornicating. I knew that was mm -hmm. wrong. You know it's wrong. I'm quite sure he knew it was wrong too. But he said he was saved. So that's all I said. I was like, oh, he's saved. He said he's saved. But he wasn't living that lifestyle. He wasn't, he wasn't living. Like, I knew about worship and I knew about serving God. You know, he knew about going to church. You know, because it was the mm. thing to do. You know, so right. our relationship with God was like on two different places. So I was praying, God, do something, do something. God was like, I did. I told you to get out of it. You ain't want to. So now you're going to, you, you know, you now have to work you out of this situation. You right. Know, I have a plan for you, but I've got to work you out of this one. I'm not just going to take you from here to there. Not this time. This time you're going to have to get work out of this situation, which is what he did for me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have a question from Barbie. She's asking, was there ever a point in your life where uh, you felt you went to the next step to marriage too quickly? Um, and then she asks, uh, did you wish you were able to live your year younger years to truly find yourself? And what part of your life or when you when in your life did you finally decide to surrender to the Lord? OK, let me start with the last one. I'm about to say she has um, a couple questions. <laughs> <laughs> Let me start with the last one. Before I left the marriage, I had I had truly surrendered to the Lord. Okay. Um, I had given him my heart all the way, 
and made a decision that I would serve him no matter what. Um, I had took before I came to that conclusion, I had said, I'm not going to serve you. I want this marriage. And if you don't want me to have it, I want him. And God sent, and I was just crushed. I was just hurting my heart because of how he was treating me. And I wanted him so bad. And mm-hmm. God sent somebody to my house the very same day within that hour that I made that, you know, a declaration along that line. And she gave me her testimony. It was my aunt. She came to my house, gave me her testimony and left. And after mm. she gave me, yes, didn't come. She didn't come mm. to visit me. She didn't come mm. to give me anything. She didn't come to get wow. anything. She simply came to my door, knocked on the door, she gave me her testimony. It. Wow. That was it. And then she left. And so then I went wow. back on my knees and I said, okay, God, I repent. You know, not my will, your will be done. And from that point, I'm telling you, from that point forward, you would think it would have gotten better. It got worse because now God was allowing it to tear all the way up. Mm. So wow. now he was allowing it to come completely apart. Because I was trying to hold it together with everything that I had, but he said, "Now I can tear it apart. Now I can get. Now I can. Now I can put it asunder." Because I didn't put it together to begin with. You did, and I didn't put mm. this together. So now I'm tearing it apart, and so everything fell apart. It was already busting at the seams, and I was trying to cover it up. God, covering it up with prayer. Cover this, God. Do this, God. Please, Lord, help us. And he was like, "I'm waiting for you to give up. I'm waiting for you mm. to give in." Wow. So it was at that point, yeah, that I finally decided. You know, okay, God, let your will be done. Have your way. And let's see, it says, mm-hmm. um, what What was the part? What was the point I, in your life when you felt you went to the next step to marriage too quickly? Um, I never really recognized it as being too quick because okay. I was following my heart. Um, I did, I knew I was 17 and, and that was definitely too, too young. But see, what I didn't tell you was, I used to have conversations with myself and I had no, um, no, no goals. Like mm. I didn't feel like I was college material. I didn't feel like I had something going for me once I left high school. I didn't know what I was going to do. So I said to myself, I said, well, either I'm going to get married or I'm going to go to the army. Now I didn't know him at the time, mm. but this is my okay. declaration. Either I'm going to get married young or I'm going to go into the army. Cause there was, I felt like I had no value, especially because right. I was a runaway. And I didn't have anybody, um, there was no correction. You know, correction equals yeah. love. Even though we don't feel yeah. like it, correction equals love. And when people don't step in to correct you or to um, at least put some guidance in there, or or even yeah. if they do, if you choose not to listen and you make the wrong decisions, you know, that's just what you, you end up reaping what you sow. You know, yeah. but I, di- I didn't consider it too young at the time because that's what I wanted. You know, and I just grew into it. Okay. And then to piggyback off of that, she just said, uh, did you wish you were able to live your younger years to fully find yourself? But you kind of answered that saying you really didn't have any goals. Is that correct? Right. I, I had no, okay. um, no, it's not that I didn't have ambition. I had a lot of talent. I had a lot of things that I could do, but I didn't have the mindset um, to, to move forward. I didn't have anybody you know, no mentors, nobody pushing me forward to say, you can do this. I didn't have any confidence in myself. I had no self-confidence and I had, um, I didn't like myself very much. I didn't like the Mm -hmm. way I looked. I didn't like the Mm -hmm. way I sounded. I didn't like my name. I didn't like anything about me. I did not like it. And so it took me a long time. Somebody, you mean somebody actually likes what they say. So Mm -hmm. for him to like me, you know, and, and, and be interested, you know, it's like, wow. Okay. He's it. <laughs> wow. I'll take so that you, one. 
how did it make you feel as a woman, you know, finding out that two people that you love, that you mm -hmm. were loyal to, are now in a relationship? You know, me being a woman and you being a woman, how did that make you feel internally? Probably like an ant getting stepped on by an elephant. Mm. Yeah. You, you kind of get crushed beyond belief. You get crushed to the point where um, you start filtering your life through that thing. So yeah. everything that I dealt with um, was through that kind of pain. Anybody who came towards me, you know, automatic the distrust and the disloyalty that I've dealt with, they got the brunt of it. And I had to learn that I can't handle them with the same gloves that I had to wear when I dealt with this this mess over here. I had to take, I, I wore a mask for many years. So I would smile all the time. Oh my gosh. But underneath that mask was such pain. Mm. Literally, God had to, he had to, um, it's like something growing crooked. And you know how you have to break it and reset it so that it can grow up yeah. great? Properly, that's what mm -hmm. he had to do with me. Yeah. He had to do like surgery on my soul because my soul was, was it was like powder. My heart was like powder, and it's like somebody wow. took a broom and just swept the pieces away. So I was numb for a long time after that. It's like I was in a twenty-year tailspin for twenty years. I couldn't get it together. I could not wow. keep a job. I was chronically homeless. I could not even relationships. It just didn't work because I was mm. still dealing or not dealing with what actually occurred, you know, in my marriage. I didn't really deal with it because it was too painful for me. So it took God putting me in a place where, okay, now you have to be still and let me work on you. Will you let me work on you? And I had to make the decision, okay, God, now you can touch it. Because it was so painful that I wouldn't let him touch it. When I was a little girl, I, I was in the living room. We didn't have any carpet. And I don't know, if I guess I must have ran. And I fell and slid across the floor. And I got a splinter in my thumb. And it went through my nail and it went to the back of my finger. And I wouldn't mm -hmm. let anybody touch it. You can imagine how much pain that was. I wouldn't let anybody touch it because it was so painful. And so finally it got swollen. It swole up. And then they had to take me to the hospital to get, you know, to have it removed. And they had to do surgery on it. It mm -hmm. was something that you know, probably needed to see some um, medical attention when it happened because it was in so deep. But if they had worked on it right then, it wouldn't have gotten as bad as it was. I have a scar to this day because of that incident. Well, that's yeah. how, yeah, that's how that issue was dealing with my marriage. Had I allowed God to touch my heart and heal it at that point, you know, it probably would not have lasted 20 years of, of being in a tailspin, but it was so painful that I didn't want to even think about it. I had to put that on the back shelves just so I could keep living. Living from day to day, I could not deal with these issues. It, it was too heavy, too much, because my children were involved. Now I have five children, you know, and their dad would do things to buy them. You know, he, he, was, he made a lot of money. Sometimes he could make $100 an hour, easy, because he was a computer analyst. So he would buy things for them, but he wouldn't pay for the lights. So the lights would be off in the house. You know, he would take them to the circus, but we didn't have any food, you know, and then he would do things like he would, he would bring in um, five chicken legs. And when I went and I'm like, well, you know, I'm not working, but I ain't got nothing to eat. He's like, no problem. You can't eat. He told the judge he wasn't not trying to feed the children. He was trying not to feed me. 
So he intentionally, intentionally did yes. stuff like that. That's so conniving. Wow. Because wow. he would bring every meal. He would bring in a, a, a quart of milk for breakfast, a small box of cereal, just enough for the children to eat. They were little kids, just enough for them, nothing for wow. me. And so he was really just trying to destroy me from the inside out. But God, but God. So yes, um, God. Yeah. yeah, all of those Thank things. God. Yeah, I'm telling you, this, those are and, life and, and and it and it's mind boggling because he he was being intentionally intentionally trying to hurt you when he was the one that he did, did wrong. That she, <laughs> he was the one what? that did the wrong. He was, but right. let me tell you what God told me. He said one day he used to just say stuff to me that was like off the wall, and, and why are you saying that? The Lord said to me, It's because this is what he's doing. Mm. He's saying that to you because this is what he's doing, so you will be thrown off and won't say anything. So when he told mm. me that. It's like we were in the middle of, of a heated fellowship uh -huh. and I revealed what God had just said to me. I ain't say God said, I just said it like it was my right. God. And he from that, it shut him down. It shut him down because he was already in adultery. He was already doing whatever it is uh -huh. that he was going to be doing. You know, mm -hmm. so it, that just cut, it cut to the quick. That was all I needed was those words from God. And from that point forward, he really didn't say very much to me at all. You know, he just did his, his dirt. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It, so you that so you that you know that you love Jesus and you're you you're in church and knowing the word divorce before you before you had your divorce was there any hesitation at any point even though you know you had all the signs that people are telling you things and you know you didn't want to believe it and then it got to the point where you guys were getting the divorce. Was there any hesitation behind that? Because since you know you're since you are in church, was there anybody ever tell you at one point like you shouldn't divorce, you should work this out? Um, it's not that people told me, and that's why I stayed so long, and that's why I was mm -hmm. praying, trying to hold it together. It's because I already knew that God hates divorce, but mm -hmm. again, it wasn't His will to begin with; it was my will. So I'm trying to hold this thing together. You know, and it's steady breaking at the seams, you know. And so, and there's always two sides to every coin because right. there's things that I didn't do right. Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't have all the answers. I didn't do all the things that I was supposed to do. You know, sometimes I didn't know to do it. And sometimes it wasn't my favorite thing to do. So I didn't, you know, so it was always, but that's, that's no excuse for somebody to, um, to commit adultery. And that's, there's never an excuse for that. There's actually a spirit behind that thing. And it was mm -hmm. trying to destroy me. It was trying to, to wreck my life i'm telling you the enemy wanted me to kill myself so bad wow either somebody else to take me out That's or crazy. for him to, for me to do it myself but i refused and i would ask god to help me i would ask god god please take me out of here because i couldn't do it myself and it was just the pain was unbearable 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 unbelievable because of all the stuff that i had to deal with with this man he tried to ruin my name because he didn't want anybody to think it was him so he blamed a whole lot of stuff on me at church. He would go to church and tell people stuff. He would just be all over. He would go. He got my family wow. against me. He turned wow. my family against me. How do you turn somebody's family against you? But he did wow. it, and they believed him. I, I dealt with so much shame, and so much shame, agony, and guilt because of of a failed marriage. Because of the stuff that he would tell people. He would make up stuff when we were in. In custody court, there was people in court that the judge was like, well, why are you here? They're like, we don't know. I don't even know this person. We don't know. I don't know who these people were. 
And 99% of them didn't know why they were in court. But it was because this man was trying to shame me. He was trying to do all kinds of things to, to like drag my inner man down. It's only so much you could do to my physical body. But the man on the inside was whooped. I was whooped. And it was hard for me to make a comeback. And that's why it took so long. But I'm telling you, if you give God your heart and you give him permission to fix what's broken on the inside and let him touch that thing that you don't want nobody else to look at, that thing that's causing you so much shame and grief and guilt, if you let God look at that thing, he can heal it. Mm. But you got to give him permission. You got to give him permission to do it. Mm. Mm. So how did how were you able to restore yourself, you know, going through all this, especially, you know, being married at a young age, being a runaway, just, you know, just having so much going go on in your life. How were you able to restore you? It took my conversations with God. It took a lot of prayer, even up to like maybe I think it was maybe two weeks ago. I was talking to God about how I got in this position and. I thought it was this marriage. I thought it was because I had a bad marriage that I ended up, you know, in that 20 year cycle and, 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 and all of these types of things. And I couldn't do this and I couldn't hold a job. And the Lord pointed out to me, it wasn't that it was the thing that came before that. It was because I ran away when he told me to go back home and I was in disobedience. And if I had obeyed God and went back home, I never would have met that man. Number one. And number two, I would have been in compliance with what he was asking me to do. He could have fixed all of the stuff that was going on at my house. But I didn't give him the opportunity to do it because I was not intentionally being rebellious, but wanting to fix it my way, wanting to help God help me, you know? So because of that, those decisions led to that course that I took. And now God is an opportunist. He Uh doesn't waste anything. He can use all of the stuff that I've been through, even though it was my will, he knew I would make that decision and he had already worked it into his plan for me. So it's not that he chose for me to go through all of that stuff, but I chose it. He said, okay, I'm gonna use it. So now I have the opportunity when I stand before people to minister to them and tell them how God can heal your soul. The part of you that can't nobody see, the part of you that we cover up, you know, our, our, our mind, our will, our emotions, our imaginations, our intellect, that's the soul, man. And that's the part that gets crushed when people use words against you and they break your heart. That's the part that breaks. That's the part that gets the wound. That's the part you got to pull those swords out. Right. You got to pull those arrows out of your back after people have spoken words against your life. It's that soul, man. It's the man on the inside that gets afflicted. I had to let God heal that person because that person, I, I suffered from, um, it was, um, there's a word. Arrested development. It's called arrested development. It's when you stop growing after you get to a certain point when there's a trauma, when there's a traumatic incident. Mm -hmm. So as a teenager, now now there were things that happened to me as a little girl at eight, molested. You know, male and female, molested. People just thought they could put their hands on me and do what they want. So I had to to grow up, you know, from that stage up into a teenager. So now I'm looking at not only um, tumultuous at home, but I have all this other stuff, this baggage from when I was a little girl. And people decided that they could just do what they wanted with me. You know, so I've got all of that stuff leading up to this marriage. And I marry this man who has issues that I don't know about, but God does. But the enemy knew, you know, how to set up a trap. But God kept me alive, even though I got caught. He still Uh. let me live. So to 
make a long story short, I allowed God, I gave him permission to touch those places that were broken in my heart so that he can heal it as an adult so that I can continue to grow so I can grow up real quick from this place where mm. I got stuck. I got stuck as a 15 year old in a, in a 25 year old body. You know, my thought, wow. my process, my thought process went through that phase because First. that's where okay. my soul was stuck. You know, so he wow. had to grow me up on the inside so that I can really live my life and not be stuck um, as a runaway. Mm, wow. That's so powerful, that's, though, that you were yeah. able to dissect that and see where the transition or where, you know, where you lost yourself. Uh, it was the Lord. He showed yeah. me. So yeah. He literally, <laughs> yeah, he literally showed me. He said it, it wasn't the marriage. It was because you ran away. Mm. You know, and wow. so when he began to uncover that, you know, it's like, oh, are you kidding? Yeah. He didn't do it. Mm -hmm. He didn't do it. Right, right. Well, he just added on to the to mm -hmm. to all the other stuff, but he didn't he didn't initiate that process. I did. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. now God had to back me up all the way back to this so he can undo the brokenness that I was as the 15-year-old. Heal all of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's still able to heal those broken places because God is in every moment in time. He's he's everywhere. He's in the whole timeline. Even before I get there, he's already there. He's already mm -hmm. in my tomorrow. And he's still mm -hmm. in my yesterday. And he's in my right now. So he's able to go back to that moment where I was broken and heal that moment. And, and, and lift that thing off of my soul because I was still carrying that around. So when people dealt with me, they dealt with this girl who was, who was broken badly. But wearing a mask because, you know, I like to, I used to have this thing with, with pleasing people. I can say no now. I can say it real right. easy. But before, mm -mm. you know, and that was because of my, um, the things that I dealt with. It was hard for me to say no. It was hard for me to um, to disagree with somebody. It was just hard uh, to, to be my own person. I couldn't, I couldn't be my own person because I was so broken. You know, I really didn't know who I was, you know. So God had to fix all of that and give me courage and give me strength. And yes. declare to me who I am. You know, I love you. Yeah. I love, I made you this way. I gave you that nose. I used to think my nose was huge. I mean, the biggest <laughs> thing on my face, even though when I was younger, I had a real small head and all of my features were really big. <laughs> you had to grow into them, that's all. Yeah, I, I, I had to grow into them yet. So I was looking at myself and hating everything I saw. Oh, I just hated it. You know, and I didn't realize nobody told me you would grow into your face. Had <laughs> <laughs> they said something to me about that, I might have, you know, had a different, might have had a different opinion about myself. But it took God to to really go back and heal those things and and just speak over me, speak life over me. I made you this way. You are fearfully and wonderfully mm -hmm. made, and you're beautiful. I made you that way. And it's not a mm -hmm. conceit, but it's 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 recognizing that God don't make no junk. That every mm -hmm. time, yeah, you know, when people see me, they give God glory. It's his glory that they see, you know? So I'm grateful right. that he's working on my soul, man. He's, he's teaching me to love who he made me to be, even with these extra roles. Like right now, I got some roles. I love the real, the realness. It's the the, you're being real with, you're being real with yourself. Yes, and that is yes. one that we all, that's one thing that we all need to learn and right. just understand that 
God wants us to be real with ourselves, especially yes. our inner it's selves. Okay. You know? yes. and, I, and I love how he takes us back to that place mm -hmm. and meets us there in order for us to heal in the places that need healing. Yes. This is amazing. Yes. Yeah, and when you're able to just finally come into that realness with him and yourself, yeah, that is relationship right yes. there. Yep, and it the, makes yep. it, and then just it it gives it the the relationship, but that foundation in it as well, exactly. which is so beautiful. Exactly, that's 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 being a daughter of God. That's allowing yeah. him to be a father to me, and I had I had issues with that because of all that took place when I was little. That it was hard to let God be father to me. But I'm learning, you know, I, I even the word daughter, I hated it. Everybody who was a father figure to me abused me. So I it was hard for mm. me to to even accept mm. the word father, you know, or dad, or or even in like I don't use that word in church. A lot of people talk about, you know, pastors as dad, or and it's nothing mm. against pastors or anything, but it's just that my upbringing, it didn't, it it doesn't sit with me. You know, to call somebody else father outside of God, you know, so he he's dealing with he's still healing and still dealing mm. with my soul. And the fact that he is dealing with me, it means he loves me. He'll wake yeah. me up with a song in the morning. Yes. I'm telling you or like I'll ask a question. And sometimes I'm not really even expecting an answer. And he'll answer. I'm telling you, it's it's <laughs> that, that was a growing process because I had yes. so much noise on the inside of me that it was hard to hear anything. It was hard to hear, mm -hmm. but he would sing to me and he would give me music and he would, I had a hard, I had a hard time dealing with forgiveness mm. you know, of, of, for my own soul because of all of the stuff that I dealt with. And so I would deal with guilt and I would deal with shame and the enemy would beat me with these things. Condemnation tried to rule mm. me. Yes. Tell mm -hmm. you. And I had yeah. a hard time letting myself go. But one, one thing that Jesus said to me one day, he said, wasn't my blood enough? I was like, mm. okay. Yes, it was. He paid for that. There's yes. blood for that. So if he could pay for my sins, he could pay for anybody else's sins. I don't have to, I don't have to carry the weight of that. Mm. Jesus already paid for it. And so I was able to release those things and lay them at his feet and let them go. So it's it's been a it's been a learning process, a, a long learning curve. But here I am and and, mm. and I'm still I'm still alive. Still yes. in the land of the living. He didn't yeah. let me die. He mm -hmm. dealt with me about wanting to die. He said, don't ask me anymore. And he dealt with me. He mm. showed me. He said, you want to see what a dead body looks like? He gave me a dream. And he mm. just showed me some things. And I was like, I woke up. When I woke up and I was still alive, I cried the whole day. I literally mm, cried wow. all day long because God, he, he, it's like he walked me through this dream. He, walked let me see some, yes. yeah. he let me see certain things. And then I woke up and I was still alive. And I was like, oh, man. And I just cried the whole day. Literally, because he wow. let me live, and I was begging to die. So God, He loves us. He loves us. No matter what we've done, nothing that you've done can turn His love away from you. Nothing that that we will do can turn His love away from us. He has a heart for us that that nobody can come in between it. Nobody can convince God that He shouldn't love you. And that's what a lot of people who go through divorce or they go through broken relationships or broken promises. They feel like that that God doesn't love them, but nobody can mm -hmm. convince God not to love you. You, He's in your corner. He's in your it's corner. No what. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. That's so powerful. If you Glory. could give advice to anyone that experienced divorce or anyone that's um, 
been in a relationship with infidelity, what would it be? Forgive. It would mm. be forgive. Because if you hold them, it keeps you in that same place. You don't move forward. You're not moving backwards. You're just stuck. Because you're trying to make somebody pay for what they did to you when Jesus paid for it all. So you have to be willing to forgive them. As some of the things he did to me, I was so angry with them. I said, and I told God, I was very honest. I'm very open because he sees everything anyway. You know, so I was like, God, mm -hmm. I don't even know how. I can't remember how to forgive. You know, he, he crushed me so bad. I, 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 I don't even remember how to do this. And the Lord, he said, will to forgive him. Use your will to forgive him. And so I simply said, I will to forgive him. Excuse me, right at that moment, whatever was holding me down, trying to keep me from forgiving this man, the Holy Spirit broke it because I used my will. Mm. Just like I used my will to marry this man, he said, use your will to forgive him. And yes. so I said, I will to forgive him. That thing broke and he lifted it up and I was able to let him go. Letting him go does not mean that he's not, he's not, he's not guilty. Letting him go mm. does not mean that he's not, um, he shouldn't be accountable for what he did. It just means that he's no longer in the cage that's on the inside of my heart. Now God mm. can deal with him. I don't have to make him pay. God is going to deal with him. And if he doesn't repent, then that's between him and God. I don't have to be responsible mm. yes. for anything that he does. It's between him and God now. So me forgiving him cleans my heart out and it makes room for me and it makes room for God to be able to let somebody else come in. So if, if mm -hmm. I hold this man in my heart, nobody else can get in and nothing can get out. Yes. Nothing can get out and nothing can yeah. get in. No love can get in and no love can get out. I wasn't able to love. I had a hard time loving or even accepting somebody telling me that they loved me because my heart was so closed up because of what I had been through. But when you, and, and, and believe me, forgiveness can come in stages. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. people think, um, I said I forgive him, that should be it. Well, the Bible says, how many times should you forgive somebody? 70 times 70 in a day. Why did he say that? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. He said, why, why did he say that? It's because you will think about this issue. And every time you think about it, that same pain that they caused you, it's going to rise up in your heart again. So what mm. you have to do is every time that pain rises up in your heart, you have to forgive them all over again. Just like you did the very first time until there's no more pain associated with that thought. When there's no uh, more pain associated, associated with the thought, then you know that that process is complete. And this man is, is totally out of your heart. Just remember Jesus, when he died on the cross, he got nails in his hands and nails in his feet, and he still has the scars. But there's no pain associated with those scars. He mm. let it go at the cross. He didn't even take it to the grave. At the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He hadn't even finished dying yet. And he, he, let, the, he let the Father take the pain away. Yeah. So that's our he's our example wow. setter. He's our model. So let him go. Let him go. Don't Jesus already paid for what they did. That's my advice. Wow. Mm. Glory. I wish I had some balls to drop because you was just dropping gems. Like what oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pastor Bell said last yeah. week, drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> to God be all the glory. To God be all the glory. There was a price. There's a price. There was a price that I paid for gems. I had to pay a uh, a. Uh, uh, I had to pay with my life. Everything that God does for me cost me something. Salvation was free, mm -hmm. but the anointing that he puts in my life, the power that he puts in my life, the words that he gives me cost me everything. Every mm -hmm. I had to lay my life down. So it cost me everything that I have to be able to even give my testimony. Because in mm -hmm. order for me to give a testimony, God had to bring me through the test. 
Yeah. There's some things that he's still bringing me through, but I already know that I've got the victory on the other side of these things. Come so on. It's, mm. it's, it's a process. Amen. But it's worth it. It's well worth mm. it. I used to say I would never go through that. I don't want nothing even to look like. <laughs> I, you, I didn't want to see nothing to look like my past life. I was angry that I had to go through it. But you know what? God allowed it to so he could make me. He already yes. knew that I was going to go that way. So he allowed it and he worked it right on into his plan so that he can make me who I am today. So he would wow. get the Lord out of my life. Yes. It wasn't Amen. easy. But it was worth it. It was worth it. If one person can come out of unforgiveness, if one person can realize that they can move forward out of a, after a bad, tumultuous divorce, I mean, out of, out of something that they think they will never recover from, then it was well worth it. It was yeah. well worth it. Oh my gosh, one soul. Yeah. One soul can change a nation. Right, right. One person. Yeah, sure and does. Person, yeah, sure does. Yeah. If if one person can turn and God can use that one person to speak to somebody else's life, and that person in turn saves a whole a whole household, it, it just multiplies. It wins. It, right. It, yeah, it multiplies. So to God mm. be all the glory. Yes. Yes. So Tamika, yeah. since, you know, you've been through so much in your life and out of all of that, can you speak on your on your accomplishments? Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I have been a missionary to Guyana. Um, I've gone there, I think three or four times now. Very exciting. Soul saved. I got to mm -hmm. sing. Um, just super exciting. Um, to, to even do missionary work, to step mm. foot on another continent, you know, um, and see people that do things wow. totally different from how you do them, but loving God at the same time. I love it. So that was wonderful. That was a very exciting experience. Um, I'm also working on a nonprofit. Um, finally got my 501c3 and a Holy yes. Spirit walk. Yes. yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Look at that. Thank you. Thank you very yeah, much. Congrats. <laughs> He walked me through the process. I did it myself and it took a couple of months, but the Holy Spirit actually walked me through the process. It looked very daunting, like, oh, how do you do this? And you're supposed to be paying people to mm -hmm. do this for you. But the, but God knows everything. Mm -hmm. And so he walked me through the process mm -hmm. and I got it done. And even as I'm doing it and it's unfolding, I couldn't, I didn't know how the different parts of what I had is massive. And I'm like, well, how are these things going to work together? And I just wrote it because this is what he inspired me to write. And so it's like he would he would give it to me to write, and I still didn't know how it was going to come together. And later on, he would show me this is how this is going to work. With this, I was like, oh, I like that. I like that. Oh, I have these conversations with God when He gives me stuff. I love yes. it. I love it. And uh, let's see. I'm the mother of five children, which was very exciting for me. I enjoyed being pregnant. I loved every minute of it. I think I was the only person. Somebody told me I was the only person that they had ever seen that was two weeks and three days old, excited to be in the labor and delivery room. I was just excited. I, I loved it. I loved my family, my children. Um, one of the gifts that God has given me. Is singing. Yeah. Um, singing. I write music. Um, I sing songs that God gives me on the moment. Um, I'm a psalmist. So if you start playing something on the keyboard, I can hear what it's saying and I'll sing what God is singing to me. 
And so that's how my gift works. So I don't, you know, or glory to God. I love it when he uses me that way. Even if it's a song that we already know, an old hymn or whatever, he'll give it to me in a different way. If the keyboard player is playing something, he'll just drop those words and I'll sing those words to the sound that he's making. And he'll take it all kinds of places. I love that. So that's mm. that's very exciting. I'm also working on a book and hopefully you'll be surprised. As soon as you asked me to do this show, I was almost done with my book. My phone failed and all of my information got lost. And when I reloaded Google on it, the book was missing. Oh, the yes. Girl, I was so mad. Oh, I was so oh. mad. I was so mad and I kept trying to get it back. And I, so I, I, I haven't tried to rewrite it yet. I'm still disgusted. You're going to get there. Man. It. And I, I just yeah. smashed my book club. You need help to have to triple save stuff? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm, I'm, still, yeah. I'm still fuming. I'm still mm -hmm. fuming on the inside because it was nice. It was. I looked at it and said, this is good. I looked at it like God looked at He made those days. He said, right. this is good. I looked at my book. I said, oh, this is good. Because yes. I had listened to the mm -hmm. Holy Ghost. And mm -hmm. he told me what to write. And I was like, yeah, that's right. This is just, oh, I like that because it was really good. Oh man, so I just got to get the heart to, to redo it again. I'm oh, gonna see if goodness. I can find it for you because oh, what were you writing it on? Was it, was it Google uh, Docs? It was on, it was on Notes, Samsung Notes. Oh, Notes. Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna see if I can try to retrieve it. Right okay, on Google good. Docs. With it Google saves Docs? it automatically. Well, we'll talk. Oh, we'll, talk. we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are a genius. <laughs> genius. She definitely has an anointing voice. Like, Glory I've heard her, her. She's very angelic. And Glory. The power just comes out once she opens her. I mean, she's just. She's just the bomb.com. Like Wednesday Bible study. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's just, she's just like, you know, all glory goes to God. Story, just to hear your story and see everything that you've been through and then to see who you are now. Wow. It, it, mm -hmm. God, the glory is definitely upon you. Um, yes. tell, I love yes. him. I couldn't have done this without God. I could not have done this without him. I could not. There's nothing that I can do without him. He tells me that. He, he You can't do anything without me. He tells me mm -hmm. that, and I know that, mm -hmm. you know, and so I, I thank him for helping me to remember so I don't get the big head. You know, get, when you get the big head, mm -hmm. you can't work for God. Because mm -hmm. then you got to, you got to, mm -hmm. you got to bring that in his place. Right. Yeah, right. You got to get a pen, and, and, and the swelling got to go down, and you got to remember who you are and, and who he is. Yeah, I don't want to go through all of that. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the big head. You don't want that. <laughs> so, so Tamika, we have a question we ask all our guest speakers. What makes you uncommon? <laughs> I think it's my willingness. I think it's my willingness. Um, the, the, the willingness to let God um, do what he wants in my life. I had to learn to be willing and obedient. It didn't come right away. And once I got it, I think I got it. Um, am I challenged in that area sometimes? Oh, yeah, definitely. Excuse me, definitely, because um, we all have our own will. And we want to see things done our way. But I'm learning that God's way is the best way. It's the only way, you know. And if we surrender to him, he'll bring us out on top every single time. Yes. Even, mm -hmm. yeah, even when you can't see the end of a thing, 
just take whatever step he gives you, do that step, you know, and be willing to do that step and not question it, not try to, to, to say, well, I can do it better or I can do it differently and maybe God will accept it. No, that ain't what he asks for. He asks for this, give him this, give him what he wants. You know, I guess um, I'm learning to give God what he wants, mm. you know, and that, that makes a difference in my life. I'm not trying to give him what I think he should have or what I think I want to give him what what he's asking for. Yeah, asks for that. That yeah. you know, that's like if you go to a restaurant, they bring you something else. This is not what I ordered. I didn't want that. You know that, that something is missing. This is not what it said. So we want to always give God our best at whatever He gives us to do. Always give Him your best and give Him what He wants. Mm. He's asking for it. Give it to Him. Mm. Mm. That's so good. Glory. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tamika, for oh, coming welcome. on. And you know, it's been an honor. I love. I could just see the the. I could just see the the just the light of God over you and how He uses you. And thank you to our audience for tuning in this evening. And hopefully, you know, you took some heed to her testimony and some of those wonderful jams that she was throwing out there. And make sure you guys check out our website and our apparel. Make sure you check out our apparel um, at www.uncommonwomen.net. Also, make sure you go out and check out our YouTube channel at Uncommon Women Podcast. Um, like and subscribe. And also, make sure you uh, purchase our I Love Myself uh, seminar tickets, uh, they are $25, and this is an in, um, an in-person event. Um, you can go to www.eventbrite.com, make sure uh, you purchase your tickets on there, and as well as October 18th, I have an amazing guest speaker that's going to be coming on to talk about pregnancy and infant loss awareness, um, Instagram live at Uncommon Three Women, make sure you come out and check me out at 7 p.m. Central. And as well, make sure you tune in next Thursday. We also have an, another powerful, amazing testimony, testimony for next week. And remember, everyone, stay uncommon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>